Welcome to the Daily Devotion with Pastor Terry Reynolds. It's so good to be with you today as we continue along in the Gospels. Remember as Jesus now moving in the area of Galilee, word has been getting out about him, about how he's been healing and the teachings that he's been given been so amazing that everybody was astonished at what he was saying and the things that he was doing. He had just healed a leopard man and and really was really almost impossible for him to go into town. In fact, as he was going to teach some people by the Sea of Galilee here in one of our earlier stories, he had to go on a boat, sit off a little off ashore because the people were pushing on him so much that he didn't have a way to hardly even to speak or breathe. My, oh my, what an amazing, exciting story we're reading is the momentum is building. Well, where we're at now is we're in Luke, excuse me, the Gospel of Mark chapter 2 is Jesus is going back into Capernaum and it tells us in, in verse number, um, excuse me, in verse number 1, he entered into Capernaum and after some days it was heard that he was in the house. You know, of course, as I look at these stories, I'm one who likes to try to paint the picture in my mind what's going on. He's in somebody's house, and some believe it was Peter's house or his mother-in-law or you know where the family would live there in Capernaum. And of course, Capernaum, if you remember, was the northern part of the Sea of Galilee. It was a, a, a fishing town, per se. And he, as he was in the house, and if you were the homeowner, you were so blessed to have Jesus staying there. And, and But word started getting out that Jesus was there. Maybe somebody said, hey, told their friend, and then their friends told their friends. And before you know it, uh, the whole community heard about it, and they started going into this people's house. And can you imagine you are the homeowner? And before you know it, there's 20 people in your home, and Next hour, there's 40, and one be long after that is doubled. And before you know it, it exceeds capacity where people are sitting on your furniture, hanging out the window, around the doors, and everything. And it tells us that as we go on here, as we read, and immediately many gathered together so there was no longer room to receive them, not even near the door. Otherwise, they were pushed way outside the door. And he preached. He preached the word to them. Jesus taught the scriptures. And I think it's so important that we underline how he preached the word. See, there's a lot of people that want to talk about the Bible. In fact, they develop their own philosophies that they have to say. But Jesus didn't do that. He taught what the scriptures had to say. And we as pastors and leaders, and and if you pick up the Bible and you're sharing with somebody, make sure you teach the word, that we follow the example that Jesus gave us. And so as he was teaching the word to them, then they came to him, bringing the, a paralytic who was carried by four men. And when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof uh, where he was. So when they had broken through, they let the bed down with a paralytic uh, was lying. Again, I, I'm the homeowner. My house is overflowing. I'm listening to Jesus' teaching. All of a sudden, a couple of guys, well, actually four of them, probably people from the city that I knew, bringing their man, you know, their buddy, their good friend, uh, who was now a paralytic. And we don't know how he got to that place, but he's on a cot. He's not able to move. 
And so these four guys walk up or they see see what's going on. They assess the situation. They And, of course, they were very determined guys. And I like this about these four guys. They were going to bring their friend that was sick, that was hurting, to Jesus. I think we all can learn from that, can't we? To bring those people that we know who are hurting, who are you know, needing a touch of God that we bring them to the Lord, either through prayer, invite them to church, spend time with them. But they weren't going to be stopped. As they figured out some way or another, and I don't know if they say, hey, there's a ladder out back, let's get up there. And they dropped some ropes down and tied it to the cot and brought them on up. And they said, well, there's no access. And one guy says, you know, I remember how they built this rope. We could just tear the tiles off. And I imagine they stacked the tiles. And before you know it, their rope was being lowered down. Can you imagine? Now think about Jesus. As he's teaching, and he starts hearing the roof being opened up, and the homeowner's thinking like, oh my goodness, what are these guys doing to my roof? I, I imagine the Lord started chuckling as that cot started being lowered down. And, and you could see everybody in their room's attention must have started looking up to see this guy that was being lowered down. And when Jesus saw their faith, notice, notice plural, the faith of these four guys. He said unto the paralytic, son, your sins be forgiven you. I imagine these guys probably think, hang on, Jesus. You're missing the, the point here. He's sick. He needs a touch of Jesus. He needs your touch. He needs to be healed. But I think the Lord, in fact, I know the Lord, saw a greater need than a physical healing. See, he needed a, a, the, the touch of Jesus to be able to forgive him of his, sin, of his sins because that was his greatest need that the man had. And so as he said that, of course, the, the scribes who were sitting there in the house started reasoning within their hearts, it tells us, of verse 7, he says, well, why does this man speak blasphemy like this? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Great question. Really what they were saying is, is either you are now a proven lunatic or else, Jesus, you must be God because truly God's the only one that can forgive sins because the only person that can forgive is the one that the, the ought has been made against. And see, if I had an argument with my wife, which I don't like to think that I do, but in, in past days, if we've had an argument then I made a mistake, I couldn't ask one of you guys to go to my wife and say, you know, please forgive Terry. It won't go very far, will it? Because she's looking to hear me to ask that forgiveness. The only person that could forgive me was is not you guys, but it's my wife. And so these guys were saying that this man's sin has been against God, and God alone is the one who has the authority to forgive. He says, but... Immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they reasoned thus within themselves, he said unto them, Why do you reason about these things in your heart? Which is easier to say to a paralytic, Your sins are forgiven you, or to say, The rise, take up your bed and walk? You know, that great question. What is easier? Of course, it's easier just to say, Your sins are forgiven you. Because like it's said, been said of old, sometimes words can be cheap. But if there is an authority behind the words, words certainly can be cheap. They're, if they're not heartfelt, if there isn't some authority behind it. He says, but what's easier to say? And of course, 
they, they were saying to rise and take up that bed and walk would be the harder thing. But notice what he says in verse 10. He says, but that you may know, that you may know, he wanted to know, that the Son of Man has the power on earth to forgive sins. See, what he's saying at this point, he has the power to forgive sins. Why is that? Remember, who have we sinned against? We sinned against God. And here we have Jesus clearly trying to declare to these scribes that he himself is God that he humbled himself, became as a man, and he's standing right in this room here talking to these people here. And so he said to the paralytic, I say to you, arise, take up your bed, and go into your house. And immediately he rose, he took up his bed, and went into the house in the presence of them all, and went out of the house in the presence of them all, so that we're all amazed, glorifying God, saying, we have not seen this like this before. Great, great story. Wouldn't you love to have been in that room? To see the excitement that must have happened when your friend, or how about those four guys when they saw their buddy jump up out of the cot and head out the door? You know, the thing that's interesting about this fellow when he left walking out the door with that cot, truly what he was doing far as we're concerned he was demonstrating not just to the scribes but to in the entire wor world that jesus has authority to forgive sins and by him carrying out that carrying that cot out that door was demonstrating to the power uh, of jesus christ and the authority that he has to forgive us of our sins today i need to ask you have you known the forgiveness of your sins are you laden down with sins? Let me tell you something. Jesus wants to speak to you these words. Your sins are forgiven. All you have to do is come to him. All you have to do is ask him, and he's willing to forgive. You might say, Pastor Terry, you don't know the lifestyle I lived. You don't know the things that I've done. Well, we don't know what the lifestyle of this paralytic man we don't know the things that he did, but yet Jesus said, thy sins be forgiven. He'll forgive you this day if you just simply ask. And that's our prayer for you this day, that you might go to the Lord and say, Lord Jesus, please forgive me this day. And as you call upon the Lord, think about that man walking out the door with that cot in hand and knowing that Jesus has the authority to forgive you of your sins. And so until next time, may God richly bless you. Thank you for taking part in today's program. We would love to hear from you. You can email us at terryreynolds at agapechapeloc.org. Again, that's terryreynolds at agapechapeloc.org. Or you can write us at Agape Chapel, P.O. Box 4023. Huntington Beach, California, 92647. May God richly bless you.